Hey, what's going on, motivators? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Let me tell you, what a fucking day, dudes. This is some mundane shit I'm going to hit you with, but uh, I guess it's motivating. It's freaking motivating. It's a beautiful day. It's 77 degrees. Oof. Slept in till like 9, 9.30. So tired from yesterday. It was a busy-ass day, and it was just stressful. I'm still, I was still dealing with this freaking toilet in my office, right? Just, it was clogged. It was all dysfunctional. I had my plumber come in and I'll tell you all about that because that's quite the, quite the damn um, story. I think, I think it's interesting. It's most interesting because it's resolved. Let me tell you that. Yes. It sounds like I got a smile on my face when I'm telling the story. That's because it's been a day, man. But you know what? I'm proud of myself. I'm proud uh, keeping my composure and just kind of like talking myself down. Uh, somebody's always got it worse, right? So look, busy day yesterday. It's a Monday. Um, things went largely well. I was a little anxious in the morning. I've been thinking about this damn, um, plumbing issue. I've been trying to do, um, you know, zhuzh the office, clean it up, keep it going. The damn one thing I don't have problems about with knock on wood is the patient volume. I've got a lot of people that are seeking my care and I'm putting my all into them and spending a lot of hours just, you know, working on people, helping them, sweating over them, loving them. Um, And it's, it's, it brings me much joy, you know, it's a real, to help people, to, to serve folks, to, to go the extra mile for them. It, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And as soon as I start working and I feel like I'm serving and I'm busy and it's that, it's that passion for service, just for helping other people, it's addicting. And it's, um, in a positive way, you know, but as, as you've heard me say, it takes a lot out of me. So I was tired. Hit the, came in the office last night, maybe nine o'clock, or from in the house, maybe nine o'clock last night. I'm tired as shit. I knew that I had to um, administer an exam today, lab exams, right? So I was doing my best to have a nice, peaceful night's sleep sleep in a little bit, and that's what I did, slept at, slept at like 9.30, nobody fucking bothered me, it's the greatest thing in the world, wake up, my dog is there by my side, I can see the, the sun, a brilliant sun, poking through the, the blinds, go get a nice cup of coffee, and I start, I set up my computer, administered a lab exam, times two, you know, it took a few hours, and in between the lab exams and all around the lab exams, I'm talking to one patient about some imaging that she needs to get done that I cannot believe how fucking stupid managed care organizations are. To order an MRI for somebody, you gotta order, you gotta call this line for Blue Cross, you gotta call this line and talk to somebody, get, you know, beg them, give them all the criteria that would qualify this patient for an MRI. 
And then the people who are, are processing these authorizations, they are like tits on a fucking bull, man. They're so damn worthless. They still don't know what the hell they're doing. So that takes, you know, precious hours of my time. I had to have spoken to these people for three, three hours, cumulative, completely unpaid, just doing this uh, out of the kindness of my heart, taking care of people and doing my best, you know. But I'm talking, so I get to call up and beg for this freaking exam to be done, this radiology. And then the patient shows up after dicking around with these authorizations. We finally get it, you know, they, they finally get it right. She shows up, gets the MRI. It was for a shoulder and a, a mid-back. They only did the shoulder. So no report comes to me. I got to beg them to give them my fucking fax number so they get it to the right person. Get it to the, so it arrives to me so I can interpret it or, you know, read the radiologist report and then bounce that back to the patient. And much to our chagrin, there was not, it was not done. There was the, the mid-back MRI was not conducted. So that's terrible. Now she's got to go back. And they made her drop a couple hundred dollars to pay a copay for the radiology too. And it's just so just such a disjointed process. Well, this morning I was able to speak to a couple of clinicians. There was a nurse and then there was a, um, a doctor that finally got on the phone and, and they were very helpful. I have to give them credit, but not only after an hour, hour and a half dicking around with this, I called up again or MRI, a CAT scan. I mean, I, to, I might have told you a month ago, a couple months ago, I had a friend over the holidays. He went back to his home of record, which is like, I don't fucking know, Transylvania or something, some, some Eastern Bloc country, um, wherever Borat's from, I think it's there. No offense, fucking wonderful patient, wonderful person, but said, you go back, you walk into one of these facilities, and they'll just do an MRI. If you're a citizen, they just do they just do the MRI for you. They did all three re- spinal regions. Cervical, thoracic, lumbar has gotten reports neatly stapled to images. You can see these, uh, you know, the regions in question. And I'm saying, are you fucking kidding me that this is in the United States of America and we can't get these insurance companies make everything so goddamn difficult. It's none of, none of it has anything to do with the patient. It's about pay your premiums. I, I'm sorry to be stereotypical. I know insurance companies help sometimes. I'm sure that they, it's on some level, they have um, the you know good intentions and there's good people that work there. Certainly, they just want to you know get make a wage and do a job well and feel good at the end of the day, but. This whole, this is a Keystone Health Plan East, so a, a Blue Cross Blue Shield HMO. These motherfuckers are so disjointed, they have no idea what's going on. And I, I'm like a saving grace to this patient. The time that I'm spending trying to get this done, it's so fucking ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. I'm completely unpaid, and I don't even care. So I did that. I knocked out these two exams. Everything went well. I'll grade them over the week, next few days, over the weekend, perhaps. And then I go straight to the office. Let's see what these signs say here. 
no white guilt. No white guilt. There's that house with the no white guilt signs. Again, I, I looked up what that might mean. It's associated with like, you know, especially like an answer to Black Lives Matter or something like that. No white guilt. Don't let them guilt you. You know, you didn't. You never enslaved anybody. You didn't hurt anybody. So no reparation. Something like that. Who fucking idiots? Whatever. Writing statements on my lawn. Fuck out of here. So um, I rush after these exams. I rush down to my office where I'm meeting this plumber. This plumber guy. I love him. Big guy. Rob Palfrey. All right, Palfrey Plumbing. Great guy. I love him. You know, I hate to call him up. Just like people probably hate to call me up when their backs, they throw their backs out, right? But, you know, just a good dude, Rob Palfrey. He's a former Marine. He's got a Marine Corps, you know, Semper Fi bumper sticker going. He's a nice, nice guy. I like him. So, uh, he, he shows up and he's missing some gear. Got him missing a hose for this power washer. So he's he snaked the toilet, the line in my um, in the office. Something happened. I think somebody flushed a goddamn uh, Clorox wipe or something like that. Here we are trying to be all clean, clean after effort yourselves. You use if you use the restroom, and uh, you know he fucking yeah. Somebody clogged it. It wasn't me. God damn it. So. I don't think I've ever clogged a toilet in my life. I mean, it's not true, but it's it's not something that happens to me a lot. I don't know. Anyway, happened to the office every once in a while. There's some sort of fucking plumbing issue. And, you know, I've tried to create this environment where people come in. It looks good. It smells good. It's comfortable. And, um, yeah. So... It was bothering me. And then he's talking about, oh, my snake didn't go in. The, you know, it, it got blocked at some point and it wasn't working. And I'm like, oh, no. You know, what is this? Is this going to be like an ongoing plumbing thing? We're going to have to dig up the ground and replace broken pipes that were put in in the fucking 1800s or something. God knows what's going on, you know. It's God knows. So I'm worried about that. I've already had a rough day. I'm one. This is like my entire day was hinged on this, whether or not we got this plumbing thing fixed. Well, he's like a, he's like a freaking, a private investigator. Some Paul Free. He he's in there now. He's going to bring a power washer rather than this toilet snake, which is like a big wire cable that you put in there, and it roots out the. It's like you get your God forbid, get your arteries rooted out. So, because there's stuff that builds up on the walls of the arteries. Well, old old pipes do that, you know. And a lot of these communities are old, and my office is an old space. So, he's he's explained to me. He's like, yeah, well, sometimes you go through a you go through a, a pipe, and then it, it's like Vaseline, kind of like there's this gunk that 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 uh, accumulates on the walls, and then it can just get, you can go through with a snake, but as soon as you pull it out, it just closes back up. And he actually, I'm doing a pretty good impersonation of him right there. It just closes back up, you know? And so you want to like, you know, hey, I'm going to bring my water, my water jet. It's like a big power washer hose. You put a nozzle on it, and you turn the, the lever, and the freaking thing shoots, you know, 
high pressure water through the pipes. So he's working on that and pushing it down and talking me through it. Make sure that the, the water, if you see the water coming up through this pipe, you run out and you let me know. We'll turn it off. That means that we hit a blockage. And I'm like, oh God, I'm helping him with this thing. And lo and behold, he comes and he goes, oh my God, I think I just saw, saw, I saw some water flowing in this pipe. It's moving. We got it moving. So he dislodged whatever the freaking mega turd was in there, or whatever the accumulated, accumulative blockage was. He dislodged it. And now our toilet's working again, and we're back in business. I mean, that just made my fucking week. Okay? That made my week. So now here I am. I haven't stopped all day, even though, like, reminding myself that... I have to remind myself that at 9.30 this morning, I had just woken up and I was so well rested. I felt good, had a nice breakfast. I was hitting all the high, hitting all the organizational points. I got my freaking clothes out for tomorrow. I got my goddamn papers, you know, my, my tests graded and everybody communicated to. I'm helping my patient. I got the toilet unclogged. It's fucking making my day. You know, again, I said this is the mundanity of it. I don't even know if that's a word, but the insane mundane. Insane in the mundane. Insane in the brain. This is what it's like, man. So let me pause this conversation just for a moment while I pick my son up and take him down to rugby practice, and I'll continue this. All right, I'm back. <laughs> Beautiful night. Just dropped off my boy at uh, rugby practice. Yeah, I'll take a nice little walk. I got till 7.30. Stop by Lowe's here real quick. Pick up some items. Plant some flowers at the office there. Yeah, that'd be nice. So, <clears throat> yeah. In a fucking nutshell, I did not stop today. Maybe you didn't either. But a lot of things are falling in line for me. It was a good day, or I said other people, other people have bigger problems, you know. We had COVID spiking again. We got all kinds of craziness going on recently with uh, this uh, Derek Chauvin trial, the George Floyd thing, right? That verdict just came in about an, an hour ago. And he's guilty on all three counts, right? The jury finds him guilty of, I think it was third-degree murder, manslaughter, a couple murder charges, manslaughter charge, uh, unintentional murder. I, you know, obviously, no friggin' lawyer, no cop. I saw somebody today that, you know, a nice person, very reasonable, and uh, guy said, hey. Ah, Anything come in on that, on that uh, verdict? Yeah, I'm, I'm watching that. It's, uh, I don't know what you think, but uh, yeah, I mean, I said, well, you know, nine minutes is freaking pretty long time to kneel on somebody's neck when he's already in handcuffs on his belly on the ground. You know, like I understand a little bit about you know restraining people and martial arts and 
following the law. I know a lot of cops. I take care of a lot of cops. I got a lot of respect for the law enforcement community. Um, there's a shitload of cops that took a stand, in, including everyone pretty much in the, on the force with this guy, said that the use of force was excessive. You know? You're supposed to put somebody, after they're subdued, you put them on their side, and he's in cuffs already. You got other cops standing around. Yeah, you might have some onlookers uh, who are, you know, getting riled up and, you know, potential threats. I understand that. I, 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 can, I can appreciate, <clears throat> you know, the issue that that could that could cause. And I'm very um, aware that there's a lot of shit I just don't understand. And I'll never understand about either being a law enforcement officer or being a minority in this country. Although sooner rather than later, eventually, white people are going to be the minorities, right? We are Beijing a lot of people, you know, there's a Hispanic population on the grow, a lot of people, a lot of immigrants coming in, folks, some people, folks feel threatened by that, you know, they don't like, they, they like things the way they are, they don't want change, that's why I'm talking about there are people who will um, say things like, you know, no black guilt, or no white guilt, basically means that we shouldn't be we shouldn't hold ourselves responsible for the sins of our uh, ancestors perhaps right we didn't, we're not slaveholders we're not trying to suppress anybody or deny them entrance or deny people opportunity but um, I kind of feel for everybody you know I try to be that guy and there's times when I wonder if I'm being wishy-washy having that point of view, you know, like, can it be, it's got to be either or, it's got to be this binary thing. Um, I feel as though the evidence that I saw, and I've seen a lot of it, I've heard a lot of people discuss that particular case with George Floyd. Guy was no choir boy. You know, he had a drug habit. He might have been trying to pass a counterfeit bill. I'm not sure if that was a fact or not. But I don't know that he needed to be knelt on for nine minutes. It's just excessive, you know. Uh, I heard something, some transcripts, uh, written transcripts that were supposedly from, caught on the camera of, of the, uh, I guess it was a park officer who was uh, down the street while this incident occurred and the cops called for backup and he showed up, like an, a state park officer for Minnesota pulled up and on his, um, his camera, on his person camera, he could hear the people who were in the car with Floyd, um, one that one they were taken out of the car and they said something like, Oh man, he's gonna catch a he's resisting, you know, don't resist. So maybe he was resisting, or maybe he was on drugs, maybe, you know I don't think it justifies kneeling on somebody for nine minutes. 
you know it's like if it's a if it's a sort of situation where you shoot somebody well that can that that takes you know a split second to shoot somebody and so there's there's obviously a lot more room for error when it comes to firearms but if you kneel on somebody for 9 minutes and you're not and kill them ultimately they take a pulse after you get off i mean even if it was unintentional you got to be you're feeling what this individual um you're feeling their body. You are linked to that person. And if they're no longer resisting, you could probably get up. It seems like he maybe used the guy almost like if he was concerned about the onlookers and the crowd gathering and, you know, potential other threats, maybe he almost was using the guy as a as a shield. Like, I got, you, I got this guy, I'm subduing him. If I let him up, maybe he'll run away or maybe I could be attacked. I don't know, who knows? But uh, individual I was talking to today said, "Yeah, I'm watching that trial. Have you uh, have you watched the uh, you, you, did the verdict come in? Yeah, I mean, I think that. Look, I don't know what you think, but I said, well, nine minutes is a long time to fucking kneel on somebody. He goes, yeah, I agree. But you know, it's the drugs that killed them, though. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I I didn't see that. I know that there was toxicology that came back." I'm not convinced it was it was the drugs that killed him. I know there was drugs in his system. I know there was drugs on his person. Um, they might have complicated the situation, uh, his respiration or something like that. Who knows? Anything's possible. But he knelt in the guy's neck, effectively cutting off his airway, cutting off his blood supply to his brain for nine minutes. It only takes a minute or a couple minutes uh, until somebody loses consciousness and you're on your way to brain damage, you know. So it seems like the facts were not on the side of uh, of the officer, and that's a shame because I don't think that, that I refuse to believe that any officer goes to work um, just like you know I might go to my chiropractic office or somebody else goes to um, you know to work at Lowe's here and. Um, with intent, the intent to start shit or have a problem or give somebody a hard time. These are situations people wind up in interacting with others. And things can go awry. You know, shit can go awry. And when you're dealing, you're, you're working on the edge of a razor, being in law enforcement in inner city Minneapolis or anywhere else, you could find, you could wind up you know, start your day with a cup of coffee and a donut, not being disparaging against cops. You could start your day on walking the beat or, you know, putting on your duty belt and, and your uniform and going to work trying to protect and serve. Guy put could have done a, a lot of good leading up to this, but one situation where, you know, you make a, the wrong decision, it's it's done. The guy the guy's going to jail for a very long time. And then you got this other this other boy who was is he's a 13-year-old or a 14-year-old in Chicago, and he was running. Sounded like he had a firearm, but he dumped it behind a fence and then put his hands up. There's some circumstances that where I see, you know, I hear about the footage, I'm saying, okay, well, you know, this guy, this other, this female cop, not that that matters, she, she shot the guy last week, right, or over the weekend, 
then she was supposed to be, she meant to pull her taser after 27 years. She's a, an officer, a fucking veteran, close to retirement. She pulls her taser instead of her piece, or her piece instead of her taser and kills a guy. And, oh my God, you got to be fucking kidding me, man. These things happen and things are tense out there. And I'm sure there are circumstances where, you know, you could wind up in a tough spot. Obviously, that that officer, uh, that I'm, I'm, the last one I'm speaking about there is the this uh, female cop. She's out there. She's a training officer. She knows her shit. She's experienced. She says, tase, 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 and goes, pow, and kills the guy. Now, people will say, well, he was he got tried to get back in the car. He tried to flee. He might have had a gun in the car. He might have hurt somebody with a car. I'm sure. But you're forcing, when that happens, the officer's response is going to be to restrain them or take some kind of action to prevent, you know, that perpetrator from getting away. And they could very easily pull the wrong gun or take the wrong action. Who the fuck would want that job? Couldn't pay me enough to be a cop. So, it's a very crazy time right now, my friends. Very crazy time. You can feel it out there. And if this guy had not been convicted of all these charges, real bad things would have gone down today, this week. They could still go down because of the injustices that are perceived by people. doesn't mean that they're all, you know in the right that, you know, that, that cops are always, they're helping people nine times out of 10, but there are circumstances, uh, where things are tense between, uh, the public and police. I don't think anybody should, uh, unless they're a threat. Like if you got a firearm and you're running from cops, you better ditch that firearm and definitively put your hands in the fucking air and make sure you show them that you mean no harm because you don't know, you could die right there, as this kid did. You know, you got somebody running after you, their heart's going pitter-patter, as I shared in a previous podcast. They're not thinking at that point. They're acting. And their action is going to be, they're going to perceive you as a threat. If they're running around chasing some kid through uh, you know, the ghetto in Chicago, and the perpetrator is said to have a firearm, that person, that kid could die. You know, or the officer could die. So things are very violent out there and very tense. More tense than I think we've ever experienced, I've ever experienced in my life. And it's sad to me that, uh, you know, that this is what is happening in America. You know, it really bothers me that this is, this is the point that we are at. Because we are such a wonderful place. It's such a great country. I love it. I love America. You know, I fought for it. Or I trained to fight for it. And I care a great de- very deeply about America and its people. And I know there's some hard decisions to make every day. But we need to fucking rally, man. We need to put smiles on faces. You know, we need to put, you know, uh, you know handshakes out there again and hugging and kissing and loving each other 
That was my little Steve Perry. You're tearing me apart, whoever, every day. You're tearing me apart. Ooh, what can I say? We're loving, touching, squeezing each other. Anyway. What a beautiful evening. I'm going to get some fucking flowers from Lowe's. I'm going to be kind to everybody. It, it's ended on a high note so far for me. I'm going to get my fucking... I'm going to plant some goddamn flowers and prepare the office for tomorrow. Pick my boy up. Go eat some dinner. Have a beer. Sleep my ass off. Kick ass and take names. Tomorrow's hump day. Motherfuckers! Huh.